The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to use Amazon's DSP for higher ROI and increased sales. Joining us is Will Hare, who is the founder and CEO of Bellavix, which is one of the top 25 Amazon-certified advertising agencies that helps brands scale their business through an omni-channel approach. And today, Will and I are going to discuss using Amazon's DSP to drive demand. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Will Hare, the founder and CEO of Bellavix. Will, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Ben, thanks for having me. And uh, you need some green M&Ms to go in that green room. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's actually a real room. I'm working from home today. There's no green screen here today. and It's a podcast, so nobody could see it anyway. But (laughs) I'm excited to hear from you and see you as well. And Excited to learn a little bit about Amazon as a marketing channel. You know, we think of Amazon as the e-commerce behemoth, but they also have AWS. They do a little media. They've won an Oscar, I think, that they win an Oscar. Ben Affleck, they won something. Yeah. Amazon's this giant behemoth that does all sorts of stuff. So talk to me a little bit about their marketing efforts and about what they're doing with their DSP. Yes. I mean, in general, Amazon's a beast. The latest Feedvisor report, for example, 60% of all e-commerce searches happen on Amazon. We have internal data that shows about 20% of website traffic will spill over to Amazon as they cross-check reviews. So as you mentioned earlier, they're a behemoth. They're not going anywhere. And they continue to expand services through the Prime. Like it's crazy to think you can get music, movies, two-day shipping, and all this stuff just from being a Prime member on top of them encroaching on almost every aspect of our lives, nationally and internationally as they expand. Music, movies, you can get your candy and your popcorn delivered. You can get your TV screen. There's not a lot you can't get on Amazon. Yeah, the everything store for online and they have figured it out, which is great. And from a marketing and advertising perspective, it's like, is it too big? Is it a race to the bottom? How do we best showcase our brand to take advantage of this huge market presence um, of millennial generation? So like, generally, I don't like to wait more than two days for shipping. I trust Amazon. I drank the Kool-Aid. I also run an Amazon agency. But I trust Amazon more to deliver my orders than ordering from a website. They have better return policy. I don't have to worry about stealing my credit card information. So they're not going anywhere and they're integrating more 
aspects of their tools and software into the web experience. They recently released Buy With Amazon, which is a plugin integration for your website that allows users, if they prefer, to check out using the Amazon process in order to get the order maybe in two days or to have that information. So Amazon knows e-commerce and it's certainly not changing anytime soon. They've obviously got an incredible amount of data about what products and services people are buying. They've also got an advertising platform. They've launched their own DSP, demand side platform. So talk to me a little bit about advertising on Amazon. Is it all just, I've got products, I can buy sponsored listings? What are people actually doing to get their brand in front of the right consumers on Amazon? Well, you nailed it. To talk about the audiences first, before we kind of talk how they play together in the advertising ecosystem. Amazon data is based on actual shopping behavior. So as we build audiences through the pixels and everything else that they do to track our behavior, they know who's in market for what, what, who's searching what on the platform. So generally from like a display or programmatic perspective, we tend to see better performance using Amazon DSP network than we do on Google, which is based on search behavior and how people engage their browser or Facebook, which is based on social engagement. So off the get-go, we're already dealing with data that's more relevant to e-commerce brands. And on top of that, the third-party pixeling tool, I'm referring to it wrong, but the tracking ability of website, which is affecting search and has really put a hamper on Facebook through iOS and Google's devices, doesn't affect Amazon as much because everything that's done is done through the application. It only affects the third-party suppliers, which you can control how much you invest and where your ads are seen there. So that's a bit of background and kind of the purity and the breadth of the data that they have. And at this point, I think it's like 300 million Amazon Prime members in the United States. Generally, there's a fulfillment center within 100 miles of every major city, which allows two-day shipping to be possible. So there's lots of reasons why Amazon kind of has this foothold and why companies like Walmart are banging at the door trying to get in and eat some of that market share. So tell me a little bit about the advertising strategy component to that. So from an advertising strategy, programmatic is good for full funnel marketing and advertising. So generally, when we work with brands, everybody's doing pay-per-click. And your pay-per-click is that bottom of the funnel, catching somebody on Amazon, in market, searching your product, searching your brand, and trying to get that, make that purchase. So for us as advertisers, having our brand or our product show up for these very relevant searches is great. But what we find with a lot of the brands we work with and what we see with other agencies in the ecosystem is they don't necessarily always know how to leverage programmatic advertising the right way. And if you're someone who is compliant with all of Amazon's terms of service, you're not taking any shortcuts or anything like that, programmatic advertising is one of the best tools we have to grow into full funnel advertising and marketing to help get through sales stagnation and help grow brands accordingly. Yeah, I understand Amazon has advertising on the Amazon platform, right? And I've got a product, let's say I'm buying baseball bats, and I can go put my listing and say, look, I want to target everybody that's interested in anything related to baseball or any American male over 40, right? What To figure out how I want to do my targeting. Maybe I'm pixeling a website and retargeting anybody that gets to that site, right? All sort of driving market to this specific person with this search query. Now, this search query or this sort of in-market behavior, you mentioned programmatic advertising. What's the difference between what Amazon is doing on-platform as opposed to off-platform? On-platform, as you mentioned, target for people in market. Off-platform, it's the audiences who show some type of behavior. 
And we can reach these audiences through on and off Amazon tactics, which means these ads will showcase in mobile devices that show up on mobile and desktop web on Amazon properties, not just amazon.com or freebie. They changed IMDB's name, but they own a lot of other web properties that you could showcase, US News, for example, that you could showcase your products and do custom display ads or videos. They have the OTT over the top video platform where you could show up not only on Kindle, but on the Fire Stick and then off. So all the regular suppliers that you have that supply off Amazon content. I mean, I get a ton of Amazon ads on Facebook and it's all like, oh, you're buying stuff for your house. We know what part of your life is. So here's the, you know, new hose nozzle that you yeah. might be interested in. It's all like super random stuff. But it's powerful, especially if you're a brand that is struggling with sales. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what it gives us the ability to do is to target these people on and off of Amazon to bring them into the funnel. And principally, it works the same way. Drop more people in at the top of the funnel, get more out at the bottom of the funnel. And what's nice about Amazon is advertising sales velocity influences organic sales velocity. And there's a lot of indirect benefits getting more reviews, getting more validation on your listing, getting improved organic ranking. Go into that a little bit more. You said something interesting that your paid advertising influences your organic growth. Why is that? So one of the metrics Amazon uses to rank your product is fulfillment method, relevant text on the actual listing, and the sales velocity. Amazon as an ecosystem wants to provide the best user experience for the shopper, the end user. And the algorithms designed to showcase the products that are going to sell for specific search queries. So with that being said, by leveraging any type of advertising, whether it's through DSP or pay-per-click, driving Google search traffic, driving traffic from Facebook, all of this influences how Amazon ranks your product. So by showcasing more sales around audiences or specific keywords, you're going to be able to see a growth in organic ranking. And to kind of hit it home, the greatest part about it is like you could train Amazon's A9 algorithm to show what specific keywords you rank and sell really well for. And once you hit certain levels of sales, they don't go away. Once you turn off advertising, you're not going to go back to where you were day one, essentially. You've hit that threshold. You've acquired the reviews, the sales velocity, and everything else that comes as an indirect benefit from driving sales using advertising. So like, the real power and what's different from a platform like Google, where I know Google AdWords doesn't necessarily influence organic ranking. On Amazon, it does. As a side fact, on Walmart, it does as well. So it's just how the ecosystem works. More sales, more opportunities to say that you're a fit for a given keyword, more reviews, more credibility. So you're building your brand when you're buying your advertising on Amazon. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Now, I guess the big question is, I think about advertising on Google or advertising on Facebook, and it's not specifically just centered around e-commerce. Amazon's got this giant DSP, this huge advertising platform, tons of traffic and tons of data. Are brands starting to think about using Amazon when they're not selling products, but things like services, content? Is Amazon moving into competing as an advertising space with some of the Facebooks and Googles of the world, or is it really just siloed into e-commerce? Our portfolio of clients, it's mainly e-commerce, but we do have some insurance companies that we work with on DSP and some service providers. And I'll give you a perfect example. We currently work with a service provider who helps to build smart houses. Your phone will turn on your lights, open your doors, do a bunch of stuff like that. And we've been able to build a profitable strategy compared to Google, compared to Facebook that drives more consumers to engage and purchase his services for those who actually bought smart home type devices that require some type of service installation. If you are like a furniture company, for example, there's Amazon Local, where if you have regional fulfillment, like somebody would come and deliver and put together your furniture, we could tie that into the user experience. I will say it's a lot less popular but it's growing and Amazon is putting an emphasis on creating this supporting small businesses, which they talk about all the time, but also providing some type of service element to have a better shopper experience at the end of the day, which is part of like their brand motto. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, thinking about our advertising efforts and, and we rely on social media advertising to retarget people that listen to the podcast to drive offer redemptions for our sponsors. And I'm just thinking through like, well, okay, Amazon, should we be advertising on Amazon? They've got a tremendous amount of data. There's probably a good signal that somebody is relevant to our audience. So like if you bought a book about marketing, should we be targeting you using Amazon DSPs? How much should non-e-commerce brands be thinking about Amazon as a advertising channel? Or is it really just something I'm stretching on? I don't think you're stretching it. I mean, it comes down to like, what is your target cost per acquisition, which can all be tracked. So I think that there's certain product market fits that can leverage that data. I gave the smart house as a perfect example, but it doesn't mean it's right for everybody. I think it depends the cost of your services and how likely somebody who buys a book might be to go through some type of consultation or some type of education program around it. But it is an indicator. And like I said, that data, especially with the update to the third-party tracking, is going to have more weight and more accuracy than Google, not as much because they have the search. So like they have context through search, but through social media where they're losing that channel with all that information in it. 
So my point is, it's worth trying to find out for yourself, but have the key KPIs in mind. What is your target cost per acquisition? And it's programmatic. It operates under Ogilvy's theory of advertising, where you just need to see something a lot to even know you have the problem or you need that solution. So giving it enough time to run, it's not bottom of the funnel, it's mid and upper funnel. I would say run it for 90 days. You should have at minimum, depending on the cost of your service, but at least a $10,000 a month budget to really vet out the different audiences and the opportunity on the platform. So talk to me about the expense of advertising on Amazon through their DSP as opposed to going through your search or your social media networks. Do you find that they are higher on a CPC basis, lower? Obviously, the conversion rate is going to be different, but how much the platform cost relatively? Yeah, about 9%, give or take, between all the fees and everything else that you pay on top of the impression. It operates under a CPM model, so it's a little different. The cost per click, Celix, which is an advertising software, recently released a study for 2022 showing that Amazon is still one of the cheapest cost per click platforms out there. It was 68% cheaper than Google, 44% cheaper than Facebook, and 25% cheaper than Walmart. So uh, the average cost per click cross-reference with another ad badger survey, which is another advertising software, is between 87 to 89 cents. And the CPC is really interesting. It's great for baseline data, forecasting, so on and so forth. But each category will have different price points. The higher the item cost, likely more expensive your CPCs will be and the lower your conversion rate. So there is like a sweet spot that your products might fit into. And it's important to kind of test it, be aware of your category. So when you think about testing the Amazon platform, what are some of the hurdles to getting started? Is this something where they've got a self-service model and you could throw a hundred bucks at it to get a baseline? Do you need an agency and 10,000 bucks to get started? Where's step one? So step one, if you are a smaller brand or just don't have, you know, you're doing $10,000 a month on Amazon, your product is pretty new to market, probably not going to be the best fit for you. So through the sponsored product, the PPC console, they have sponsored display ads, and that'll be a good indicator. There's a lot less bells and whistles, but it operates under the DSP system. It serves ads on and off Amazon, and there are some tools to target specific ASINs, visitors who viewed a product that didn't make a purchase, covering most of that bottom of the funnel. So you can use that as an indicator to say, okay, if I did invest in display, targeting specific categories or types of products, what type of return can I expect before I put some gas on the fire, if you will? The second level is self-service, which is through an agency. You either do it through Amazon or do it through an agency, unless you're like an enterprise level customer, like an Instapot, for example, would have their own seat on DSP because they have Amazon reps. But for most of the general e-commerce world, you'll have to either go through an agency or go through Amazon. Amazon Media Group has, I think, a minimum budget of $35,000 over the course of 90 days is what you have to dedicate in order to participate in the program. And that may has increased since I last checked it. Self-service from an agency perspective, there is no minimum spend. So for example, a lot of times when we incorporate programmatic into our strategy, which we'll do at all different levels, depending on what our goals are, it's important to tie it to a KPI. So in our specific case, we like to use tacos, total advertising cost of sale, which is your total ad spend divided by total sales, which is your advertising sales and organic sales. And because we know ad spend will actually influence both, we're able to use that to know how much budget do we have to go mid and upper funnel. And based on that, we'll determine if we move into programmatic advertising and start leveraging that platform and the tools we have there 
to push brands. But over the long term, and as we achieve product maturity, the goal is to be able to use full funnel tactics across that entire funnel, leveraging DSP. But it's something that's grown into and takes time depending on a lot of different variables. I guess that's the 800-pound gorilla in the room is, all right, I've got a budget and I've got a product. Should I be focusing on buying advertising sponsored listings on Amazon? And those seem to be more CPC oriented ad buys, right? I'm going to pay for traffic on the platform when people are in market. Or should I be advertising top of funnel and doing display? How do you compare and contrast Amazon's off-platform display marketing tactics as opposed to their on-platform? And when should you prioritize which? You should definitely prioritize bottom of the funnel. It's going to be your biggest return on investment. It has the most supply. So your pay-per-click or your CPC model is where it's at. At the very minimum, if you do nothing else, you should have pay-per-click ads running in the background to always be capturing in market. Secondarily, DSP or programmatic, your KPI should determine when you should turn that on. For us, it kind of varies by categories. For example, you should have PPC, but if you're selling a premium product, and I'll do a mattress company as a perfect example, the median mattress on Amazon for queen size mattress costs $250. So what do you do if you sell a box mattress at eight, $900? There's still a huge market for that. There's still a lot of consumers that have the discretionary income that's interested in that type of product. That's an example where you probably don't want to bid on queen size mattress because you're going to, the median shopper, the average shopper who's buying it on Amazon is spending $250. So a tactic that makes more sense, for example, use PPC to target competitor listings. Make sure you're protecting your real estate from competitors by leveraging the PPC platform, but then leverage your programmatic advertising strategy to get in front of the right demographic of customers so that your product is showing when they're in consideration stages. We know that there's a longer consideration time for higher priced items. So you have time to showcase your product and get attention while they're vetting out which product is going to be best to sit in my bedroom that I'll sleep on. So it's not a one size fits all, but at the very minimum, you should be doing pay-per-click. You know, at the end of the day, there's a balance here of what is your life cycle for driving a conversion? How much reach, how much frequency do you need to introduce your product, make people realize that they have the problem, build enough awareness and credibility to start to focus on the bottom of the funnel. And so really Amazon's DSP feels like it's priming the pump to all the other more transactional types of advertising that you could have. And if you're selling products, sometimes you can't just jump to the bottom of the funnel. You actually have to do some marketing and advertising to get your customers in the right mindset. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Will Hare, the founder and CEO of Bellavix, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Will and I are going to talk about inbound marketing lead generation. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Will, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is bellavix.com, B-E-L-L-A-V-I-X.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.